So last week we talked about back to school stuff. Do you guys have any back to school traditions that you really liked when you were a kid? Uh, yes. Or something that you really enjoyed. So, I mean, obviously I liked the back to school, like going and buying the pens and the notebooks and the things, you know, that was always cool. So before school would start, we would always go to the store and we'd always go pick out like all of the school supplies. I hated the clothes shopping part of it because we also went and bought clothes. You but, still hate clothes shopping. Oh, I do. I despise it. But we did go buy pens and notebooks and things like that. And I like that stuff. I thought that was cool. So Hunter, what you got? I enjoyed taking a nap after school. <laughs> yep. And because in the summertime, I never really napped. Mm-hmm. Did you like buying pens and notebooks and all that? Do you not remember what we talked about last week? I literally went to school with like a pen and like one piece of paper. <laughs> so. Get him through the entire year. Uh, no, really. No, I'm not joking. Mm. Like my last three years of high school, okay, it was like, I'm just taking this. We'll make it. Because the teachers gave you papers. And I think I had a binder that mm. I just stuffed everything in. Mm. It's like, I'll find it somewhere. Mm. I'm not, and you know what the crazy thing is? You knew me during high school. My, like, I did. When I, when I was going through high school. Oh, my gosh. That was last year. Yeah. I am not the same person now. No. I am way more <laughs> structured in my life. Yep. I look back at that and I shiver. Hmm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how did I live? <laughs> I am so structured. You had parents to tell you to go places and do things and get up and go to bed. And, yeah. and now I'm a parent. And yes. now it's, it's like my, gosh. Life, my life changed. So weird. I know. Yeah. Dina, what about you? I always liked... I think I talked about it last week on the podcast, going, uh, buying new pens and notebook paper and all of that. And so whenever I would come home, I would have to open up all my pens. And like, I did the thing that sometimes you see on TikTok where you like scribble like the pen and see what <laughs> color it is and then write the name of the pen color and wait, 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 pretty wait, wait, writing. Wait, 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 wait. We found one of journals for it. Wait, isn't the color of the pen on the package when you buy it? Yeah. But you still have to try it out to see if what the color looks like. I mean, black ink is black ink. But you have to see, like, is it smooth? Does it, like, turn really well on is the curve? Is there a lumpy ink? Is that, is yes, there is. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There is. And you know how, like, some Those pins RSVP are scratchy? Those RSVP pins are well known for clumping. Yeah, you know, some pins are, like, scratchy. Some pins are, like, smooth. The best pins in the whole world are the ones that waitresses have or waiters have in restaurants. Because people use them all the time, and they're very smooth, and, you know, they're worn in. <sighs> Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. With your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Finn, and Dina. Welcome to the icy fortress called the Dill House. Oh my gosh, it's so cold. <laughs> and I'm never cold. It's so weird. <laughs> and welcome also to the Altered Podcast where we honor God in the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking about listening. To God. And doing what he says. Yeah. Yeah. So... With that being said, Hunter, what did God do for you this week? He let me live. Well, that's good. Okay, so <laughs> praise the Lord. So listen, I, I was listening to a John Piper sermon. Well, there's your first <laughs> Did you think that you would explode from listening to it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. 
I had to take a drink of water after that. <laughs> Get that filth <laughs> out of here. Um, well, um, yeah. So I don't listen to John Piper often just because he just... Huh, sometimes I just don't want to think that to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it was simple. He's talking about humility. But he was saying that uh, you living to this day is because God has let it happen. Mm. Right? He's saying that the... the the atoms are held together by his voice. You taking a breath is because he allowed it to happen. And I was just like, you know, I'm, we don't think of it like that. And he goes, and you shouldn't talk in like in things like are certain, like, you know, um, this is my plan for the weekend. He's like, this is, you should always talk, you know, if it, if God allows it to happen or if, Lord, if it be, you know, he's like, just, it's called just being humble to his will, submissive to his will. Um, and I was just like, man. You know, we dread going to work. We dread doing this. We dread doing that. But it's God's willed it to happen. God has literally called it to happen. And I'm like, huh, that's actually a good point, John. Hmm. I was like, so well, thanks for making me feel bad on this Monday morning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, oh, I gotta go to work. I guess you need to start thinking like me with the glass half full. Well, my cup over here is pretty full. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. Hmm. So that, it just brings a better perspective good. To, to your life. Because you're just like, you guys got to think, I'm, I'm doing this because God has me a purpose to go to work today. I think as we talked about before, it's a mission field or whatever. So somebody needs to encounter Jesus today. I have to stop and get gas today mm-hmm. because somebody could need Jesus or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm mowing my grass today because my neighbor could need to be talked to and they're out mowing their grass. Mm. Things happen for reasons and... Mm. You don't know why. Yep. That's ben, true. why? Well, okay. So I have two. Uh, number one. Overachiever. I know. Um, so I went out to mow my grass today. And as we've been talking about, I've been fighting the battle of the Yellow Jackets for like a month or two now. The saga continues. <laughs> well, not today. Not today it didn't. So um, three. The saga ended. <laughs> yeah. Two to three weeks ago, the last time that I had issues with Yellow Jackets, I prayed. And I asked the Lord, Lord, would you just remove them? You can like, you can do anything. You can move mountains. You can do all kinds of stuff. Would you remove the yellow jackets from my yard? And I believe, I believe that I got a response from the Lord in that moment. I really do. Um, and so I trusted it and, and I believed it and I went for it. And I, so I went out today to go mow grass. And I had that little fear in me, you know, because I don't like getting stung by bees. <laughs> um, but I was going to go out there and I was going to, and it had to be mowed. I mean, it was like knee high today. Um, it had been a couple weeks and we've been busy with school starting back and all that kind of stuff. So I fire up the lawnmower and I'm, I'm you know, going down through there and I'm just mowing away. And I get over to the place where the yellow jackets should be. And they're nowhere to be seen. And I, I'm mowing and I'm mowing and I'm mowing. And I think I found the hole where they were coming out of. And by the way, I could put my fist in it. And you know, like. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been fighting these yellow jackets. And like I've been like putting gasoline down the hole and like burning it out. But I was, turns out, I think I was burning their escape hole, not their actual primary hole, which was, or they moved. I don't know. But that hole was giant. And I did also find dead animals' bones beside it. So I don't know if an animal started digging it out or I have no clue. doesn't matter to me. As long as the Lord took care of it, which he did, I didn't see a single yellow jacket. Not in that hole, not anywhere. Maybe the Lord willed a dog to come dig it out. Maybe. Um, They do say that skunks will dig dig out yellow jackets, that they like to eat them. Mm -hmm. They're like candy to to a skunk. And so skunks will, will skunk their hand. 
put it over the hole, and when the you know it gases out the the <laughs> exactly, and it gases out the yellow jackets, and they'll like pick up their little paw, grab one, and eat it. And they don't the eat the stinger. It's like I don't know, top of a strawberry. They're like, yeah. Mm. Anyway, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. <laughs> But I don't know if that skunk got stung to death. I have no idea. <laughs> All I know was there were no yellow jackets. Praise the Lord Almighty. He is good. Um, the other one is, uh, I was kind of telling you about this on the way home, both of you. Um, a friend of mine, her name's Tina. Tina has had cancer for some time now. And she. Uh, I used to work with her. Um, and I, I think she's still is technically an employee, but she's been on extended medical leave for a while. She had lymph node cancer. She had brain cancer. She had stomach cancer. She had lots. Um, her vertebrae, she had tumors in her vertebrae, a couple of them, to the point that they deteriorated and they had to, like, rebuild them, all kinds of stuff. Um, nobody should have probably survived, but the Lord blessed Tina, and she survived. And she called me today, and, I mean, n like... Tina is just a walking miracle, number one, but her attitude through the whole thing has been so positive. And so she calls me today, and, and she just got her cancer-free, first cancer-free diagnosis. Um, and she called me today, and she's like, Ben, she's like, and she was just so excited, and she was telling me all about it. And she said, hey, she said, I want you to come up to the house sometime. She said, I live in Lexington now. She said, I want you to sit on the back porch with me, and I want to, she said, it's going to take an hour. She said, but I want to tell you about the miracles that God has done in my life. And it was, I don't know, like, it's its so encouraging to sit there and talk to her and, and listen to her. And, and we haven't gone and sat on the porch with her yet, but just talking on the phone with her. Um, she's talking about writing a children's book, and she wants to be on this podcast and, you know, all that stuff. And so anyway, it's just super cool um, that God has done so much work in her. And, and she said that the other day after, you know, I guess while before she got her diagnosis, she was still praying, Lord, would you just use me with this whole thing? Whatever this is, would you use it for your glory? So it's super cool. You know, it's crazy to me that we we get so tired, right, mm -hmm. all the time. And we just, uh, we just, like I said, we have to go to church and we'll be there all the time and whatever. Yeah. Small groups, right, or what? Yeah. yeah. Um, but Galatians tells us, do not grow weary in doing good. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's wild to me, man, how these people can go through that mm -hmm. and they don't grow weary. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that maybe she didn't, or maybe she did or whatever. I'm, who knows? I'm sure there was tough moments, mm -hmm. but just stand on the other end and be, and not, and just, and be full fledged. Like, Hey, I, I want to write children's books. I want to do this and that. And it is a full sign of doing what God has told us to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Dina. If it's a yellow jacket story, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's a yellow jacket story. Bye. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be great. <laughs> no. Um, mine is, I don't know, just that, I mean, nothing really tops last week's, but um, just that everything has went really smooth so far for the beginning of school, which has been really awesome. And the kids have been really excited to come back to the library. And I was kind of just in a, I don't know, funk. Like, I don't know. I was like, am I really making a difference? Blah, 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 blah. And like the kids have been so excited to come into the library. So it's been Reading fun. is important. Yep. It is. She even has a friend of ours. So a friend of ours sat with her child the other day and said, uh, you know, next year you're going to be in fifth grade and you're going to have to decide 
are you going to go to Dina's school? Or are you going to go to the other middle school that's out here on the south end of the county? And the little girl was like, well, I'm going to go with my friends, duh. And they're like, well, if you go to Foley, Dina's there and she'll be your librarian. And all of a sudden it became a hard choice for her. She's like, do I go with my friends or do I go and have Dean as my librarian? That's got to tell you something. And now her, the little girl is actively recruiting her friends to be like, hey, you should go to this home <laughs> and we'll all go. And You yeah. know, Dean has got me to read. That, that's true. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's kind of true. And that's, yeah, you can't. And you're enjoying it. Yeah, I don't like it when she's right. <laughs> me neither. But she I got, have to be right sometimes. She got us to sign our kids up for this, like the Dolly Parton book thing. Mm-hmm. They send you a free book in the mail, and we read it to them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I read more now that I'm friends with Dina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's bad is she's always right. That's the problem. I know, and that's one thing I just don't like about her. Yeah, well, but I got to get over it. I married her because of that. So there you go. Well, because you're always wrong. So I, you need somebody. <laughs> exactly. I needed somebody that was going to be right for a change. And, and Dina was the one. So there you go. So, Ben, tell me why we are talking about uh, listening <laughs> and doing what God says. Yeah, so we were at Case on this past weekend. We're doing some continuing education. We're talking about some hermeneutics, all the stuff. And, and in case you don't know, that's a fancy $5 theological word that just means we were learning about biblical interpretation. And our teacher brought up this particular passage. And it made me think so much that, and I don't know that I have all the nuggets. Well, I know I don't have all the nuggets of truth out of it. Um, I'm studying one right now, but it's such a cool, just such a cool passage. Um, and it is one that is difficult. And so I thought it was time that we should talk about it on the podcast. So today we're talking about first Kings chapter 13 and, um, yeah. So Dina, you should read some of first Kings chapter 13 until Ben yells at you to stop. (laughs) Basically. Yes. And behold, and behold, (laughs) (laughs) It just is very like, I don't know. All right. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam. Jeroboam. I always look at it and call him something else. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. And the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings on you and human bones shall be burned on you and he gave a sign the same day saying this is the sign that the lord has spoken behold the altar shall be torn down and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out and when the king heard the saying of the man of god which he cried against the altar at bethel Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar saying seize him and his hand which he stretched out against him dried up so that he could not draw it back to himself the altar also was torn down and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord yep so you have in this particular passage now there's more but we at least had this break planned um this passage is one of those where th- things are going to happen and some of it doesn't make sense. Um, what we just saw, though, makes perfect sense. You had this dude who's commanded by the Lord to go and to speak against this altar. This altar, by the way, was one that was set up by Jeroboam um, because Jeroboam knew that if the people of Israel went back to Jerusalem and sacrificed on the actual altar they were supposed to and sacrificed to the Lord, that he would lose his political power. 
So Jeroboam, big moron that he was, decided, oh, I won't keep my political power. And so he sets up an altar with not one, but two um, golden calves and says, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Which is funny if you think about it because, um, oh, I don't know. The whole law preaches about the fact that you shouldn't do that. Um <laughs> So Jeroboam rebuilds the golden calf that literally Moses was so mad about that he made them burn the golden calf made out of gold, crushed it into fine powder, poured it into water, and made them drink it. <laughs> like, he was that mad. Um, so, That's a lengthy process, too, I bet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was gold. So, like, they had to, like, burn it. Then they had to, like, crush it. I mean. So do you think it was, like, glitter water? Yeah, pretty much. Ooh. Well, gold melts fairly easy, though. It does, but still, I mean, and it's soft. They had to they had to burn it into powder, which means they had to crispy the crap out of that stuff, and then they had to pour it into water and drink it. So anyway. So do you think it had like a beef flavor to it? Did you see beef? Yeah, it was a cow. A cow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, it tasted like milk. Move on. <laughs> Move on. Anyway, <laughs> their milkshake brings. Oh. 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 Their sin to their mind. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> so behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. So that is important. Judah was the place where Jerusalem was. It was the place where they were still worshiping the true God. And the rest of Israel, they call it Samaria at this point because they had to, well, Samaria was the capital of the other side of, which was, is not Judah. Okay. It's not Judah. Um, Samaria was the capital of not Judah. And so the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord. Um, and so what we see here is we see that we have a prophecy. Um, this guy prophesies against the word of the Lord. And question for y'all, why is prophecy important? Why would we even have such a thing? It shows God's power. It does. But it also <clears throat> shows the communication between God and people. It does. And his care, mm -hmm. and his, I mean, so we can just go through a bunch of attributes. Yep. Well, ultimately, the, it's the power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, like, what he says is going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. Do y'all know how long it was between, well, never mind. We'll, we'll get back to that, because this is going to be fulfilled, this prophecy. So he says in verse 3, he says, he gave a sign the same day, saying, this is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And when the king heard the saying of the man of God, he cried against the, the altar at Bethel. Um, or, well, when he heard that, I'm sorry. Jeroboam stretched out his hand and said, seize him. Um, so what you see is, is when he does that, there's this amazingly powerful moment where exactly what the man said happens. Um, it says the altar was torn down and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. So the man says, this is going to happen. And then it happens. Um, now. And it shows you God's true. It does. It, it very because much Because it's does. like, what's the thing about a prophet? How yep. do we know that you're a true prophet? It's what you said come true. Yeah. If, if you didn't, if the stuff that you said in the name of the Lord didn't come true in the Old Testament, you were supposed to be stoned to death. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Um, you know what's interesting about this passage is you see this thing that happens so often in prophecy. Um, you see a, an initial fulfillment, like an initial thing that looks like you would think it would be fulfilled. But then you turn around and you see another fulfillment of this prophecy take place 
um, later on, and it actually it clearly says this is the thing that Jer- or, um, that the man of God was talking about. And so Second uh, Kings twenty three. So you're talking the second book of, of the the record of Kings. Second Kings twenty three um, records the result of this prophecy. It says, moreover, the altar at Bethel, the high place erected by Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. So this is exactly the same thing that we just read, um, who made Israel to sin. That altar with the high place, he pulled down and burned. Um, Who is he? It's this king named Josiah. He pulled down and burned, reducing it to dust. He also burned the Asherah, which was this pole that they worshiped at. And as Josiah turned, he saw the tombs there on the mount. And he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled it according to the word of the Lord that the man of God proclaimed, who had predicted these things. Then he said, what is that monument that I see? And the men of the city told him, it is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and predicted these things that you have done against the altar at Bethel. So what you see is you see that this event was significant in the history of Israel. And you have an initial fulfillment but you also have a later fulfillment that Second King says um, was the fulfillment that the man of God had cried out against this altar. So again, you have a prophecy, and prophecies are important because they show that God is powerful. They show that he knows what he's doing. And this is the thing that I was getting ready to say just a minute ago. There were 300 years between the first King story that we're studying you know, primarily and the second King's thing that I just read. Um. It's amazing when you look at Bible prophecy that God is not, um, we talk about this all the time, God's not surprised by the future. He knows what's going to happen. And we see that in, in things like First and Second Kings in this story. Um, and so I thought that was just, that was a really significant portion of this passage that, you know, he does prophesy against this altar and everything that he prophesies comes to place. Um, the, the, there's bones that are burned on this thing. It's, it's going to be torn down. Um, and so I think that, you know, one of the things that I encourage people is, you know, people are always like, I don't, I don't get, you know, some of the Bible prophecies that you see, and I don't understand this, and I don't see that, and whatever. Um, but it's interesting that sometimes you see a prophecy that has a, an initial kind of fulfillment, and then later on has a full fulfillment. Um, it's almost like God does this, this neat thing where he's like, hey, I'm going to give you like a foretaste, and then this official thing is going to happen later on. And so I just thought that was cool. I just want to point that out. Um, And so it says, and the king said to the man of God, entreat now the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. And the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as it was before. Now, have you ever seen that in scripture before? Yes. Where? I don't know. (laughs) I remember gazing upon it. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, um, what? Isn't that, uh, didn't Jesus do that in the temple? Yeah. Yeah, there's a dude, his his hand was already pre-shriveled. Right, but he made it not but, shriveled. But yeah, he, he's like, they, they, pre-shriveled? They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. He's like, he's like, help my strong hand. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, what you see is Jesus is like, hey, stretch out your hand. And when he does, it's, it's made whole. Um uh, you see this, uh, for instance, too, with Aaron and, um, oh, what was his wife's name? Uh, she had the tambourine and she, uh, oh, what was her name? Oh, that's going to bother Miriam, Aaron, Aaron and Miriam. When they rebel against Moses, they have this moment where they're like, we're just as good as Moses and we hear from the Lord too and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And God's like, he strikes Miriam with leprosy. 
and um, she is, I think it says her skin is white as snow or something like she's, it's clear. She bad. Yeah. It's clear that God judged her for this thing. And, uh, and Moses cries out for her and she's restored to health. Um, so anyway, just, just, you know, interesting little things there. Um, but, but you see this in scripture, uh, that, that God will pour out judgment. And then based on the, the prayer of the man of God, um, which is very Christ-like in my opinion, um, that the Lord listens and hears and restores these people, um, even though they don't deserve it, you know, and that's what happens with Jesus on the cross. You know, we didn't, we didn't deserve the, the grace that Jesus purchased for us. Um, and he even prays, you know, these people don't understand what they're doing. Right. Um, so it's, it's a very priestly kind of Jesus like thing that they're doing and that this guy does here where he's praying for this guy, even though this guy was going to kill him probably, um, in the moment. So <clears throat> verse seven, and the King said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself. And he says, I will give you a reward. And the man of God said to the king, if you give me half your house, I will not go in with you and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord saying, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he came to Bethel. And so what we see is we see that in this story, there is a command that is given to the man of God and it's very specific. Um, we know that he was commanded to go cry out against the altar. We also know that it was commanded him to not eat bread, not, eat, not drink water, and not go home in the same way in which he came. So he's got three specific commands that God tells him, hey, don't do this. Now, again, have we ever seen some commands given by God in the Bible that people should have followed? Give me one. Jonah. Jonah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Adam and Eve, right? You know, don't eat the fruit. Way to go original. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a bunch of those, right? A bunch of those. And so, Dina, will you read me some stuff about the old prophet starting in verse 11? Mm -hmm. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told to their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, which way did he go? And his son showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. And, his, and he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. So, old prophet, he, he lives in Bethel. Um, and his sons come and tell him about all the stuff that just went down. That's interesting. Um... And so this old prophet, he, he's like, hey, which way did this guy go? So he saddles up the donkey, and he goes after the man of God, which is verse 14. Dina, keep reading. Sorry, I, I, I was going to ask a question, but I think I'm going to wait. Okay. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting in an, under an oak. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall neither eat, you shall, yeah, let me start that over. You shall neither, neither eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way that you came. And he said to him, I am also a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you into your house and he may eat bread and drink water. 
but he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. Do we keep going? Mm. Hang on there for just for a minute. Okay. I feel like there's things that have to be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, because, like, okay. So, first off, we got the guy. He was like, hey, I'm not going to stay here because God told me I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat here because God told me I can't. Yep. And then you have this old other guy Yep. who, who uh, for some reason, wanted to, to talk to him. And was like, listen, I'm, you may be a prophet, but I'm also a prophet. And an angel told me, well, that's always the first thing, okay? If God told you to do something, and then an angel comes and tells me to do something, I'm like, hey, man, you might want to go talk to your boss, because that ain't lining up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, and he also lied, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, you just got to wonder why. You got to wonder why he wanted him to do that so bad. Mm-hmm. And then, the lion and the donkey are just standing there. Like, well, we haven't got to that part yet. Like, hey, guys, look what I just did. We did. He's just standing there. Does it say that? Yeah, it says at the main end. Is that my dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, b- I believe it is, yes. <laughs> it had an itch. It says, and the thing, uh, where was that? Yeah. And it says, and when he went and the lion met him on the road and killed him, and his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood oh, beside yep. it, and the lion stood beside yep, it. Yep, yep, sorry, you're right. It's just like, just stand there. Look what I did. They're hanging out together. It's like when my cat. It was like Madagascar. It's like it when was. my cat kills a mouse and uh-huh. like sits on and puts it on the front porch and like wants to see what I did and is proud of it. Yeah, it's like, hey, check this out. It's like, hey, God, look, I killed that guy for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? So sorry. That's that's the uh, that's the uh, summarized book of Hunter version of what just happened. <laughs> yep. I guess that proves that that uh, old prophet wasn't lying. Oh my! <laughs> oh, or he was lying. Yeah, he was lying. Very much lying. That's because that's what Why the Bible says. Why you always lying? <laughs> it's it. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. Yes, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Sorry. That's just my, my initial thought. And on top of that, in me at least, I my whole being wants to cry out. That's not fair, you know, because like you have the dude who does what God asked him to do, right? And then he's coming back, and then, yes, he he sways from his opinion, but only because an old prophet comes and says, an angel told me. So, don't you think, in Uh, my opinion... Do you think he knows that he's an old prophet? Like... I don't know. Are they famous? You think they would hold cards or something, like, hey, let me see your credentials. You know what I'm saying? I got mine. (laughs) That's true. Or or the prophet handshake. The prophet handshake. (laughs) Is is this the Masons? Is that what we're talking about? Um, Like, I don't know. Like, if Tim Keller told Pastor Chris, like, hey, come eat some bread, well, you know he's going to go. It, well, yeah, but, I mean, Tim Keller's also passed away, so that would be That'd really be weird. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if he wasn't dead. <laughs> he just walked in. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions. Um, but, no, you're right. If John Piper came to Pastor Chris's house and said, hey, you should come eat bread with me, he's going to do it. I agree. So, here, okay, so but let's, let's throw this out here. Mm-hmm. 
we all have convictions that we feel like are from God, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about theology for a second. Sure. I have some theology that differs from you, mm-hmm. and I'm com- I'm convinced mm-hmm. that I, I think the Bible says this. I think that it's a conviction of mine that the, the scriptures say this, and I think that's from God mm-hmm. through prayers and everything else. You thoroughly, thoroughly disagree, thoroughly disagree. with some of my stances. Yeah. But you're con- you're convinced that you're convicted and by the reading of the scripture and everything else mm-hmm. that this is what you see. Um, we agree on the main points, mm-hmm. right? Christ is King and all these other things, and how people come to salvation. We mm-hmm. agree on everything that matters, mm-hmm. um, but we disagree on some secondary doctrine. <clears throat> that being said, we don't sway just because you're like, "Well, I feel like God has told me this." Mm-hmm. And well, that doesn't change my mind at all because yeah. I'm like, I am thoroughly convinced on my way, mm-hmm. right? So I don't feel too bad for him. Yeah, um, he may be starting to get hangry. That may be what happened. Well, I mean, he is. He is. Heading back home as quick as he can to go get some, you know, bittles because right. Bittles so I'm, I'm just saying, so that we still see this today. God, we feel like God tells us things mm-hmm. that we may misunderstand, yeah. and we may be completely wrong. Yeah. But as we see us holding true to our convictions, mm-hmm. we we have these conversations every week, mm-hmm. and we still hold true to our convictions. Yeah. No matter if we make a good point or not to the other, I, right. I feel like sometimes I've knocked it out of the park. I'm like, oh yeah, I just got Ben, mm-hmm. where he's just like, he's like, I gotta go read this and I'll be back to you. And then he gets me where I'm like, I don't know either. Yeah, and yeah, and and we'll get to, and both of us have gotten to this place where it's like, I have proved to this to you with absolute <laughs> logic. Why do you not see my point of view? And it frustrates both of us sometimes. Yeah, but. and it's just like, but yeah. we we have convictions mm-hmm. from God that. These things are true. So it's an interesting thought that, you know, where you're like, it's unfair. And I'm like, I, I kind of disagree because it's like, you should have held to your convictions. That's why holding to your convictions are so so important. You are 100% right. But it is, it's weird to me that the old prophet doesn't get any consequence from this. Even though he's the one who lied. He's the one who went after the guy. Well, his know. consequence will come. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Or has already come. It depends on how you look at that. Um, But yeah, no, you're right. Um, And so here's the question for me. Old prophet, good guy or bad guy? The old prophet? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, good's a relative term. Is he? Oh, that's true. Let's 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 rephrase. Because is he testing him to see if he's real or not? Is he a prophet from the Lord? The old prophet. Yes, the old prophet. Is he a prophet from the the fake? Well, he's the old prophet. That's the question. This should have been written with some names. Let's go with Larry. All right, so Larry. (laughs) Larry the old prophet. This is why it's important not to fast forward in the middle of the podcast. He was like, who's Larry? I haven't seen that in the Bible at all. Larry the lying prophet. Larry the lying prophet, yep. So obviously he has to be bad because he's a lying prophet. So he did lie. But is is he a bad? So you also see him prophesy. The Lord like strikes him with a prophecy right in the middle of dinner. You know, it's like, hey, we're eating bread and drink of water, and God's like, here's a prophecy for you. Tell this guy, and he does. He's like, because I tricked you, you will not be buried with your dad. Yeah, I mean, basically. Um, so is he a good prophet or a bad prophet? I mean, I'd say he still has to be a bad dude. I mean, because why, why would you go just lie on somebody like that? And you're saying, God told me this when he didn't tell you that. Like saying, No, hey, no, he said an angel of the Lord told him. And he said, from the Lord. Gave well, a that's true. From he the did Lord. say from the Lord. So he was like, so I was saying, I got a message from the Lord saying yep. that you can come eat and drink in my house. And he, and he lied, is mm-hmm. what he said. Yeah. So that, I mean, look. But would the Lord use somebody who lies like that? 
I don't the Lord does I don't know if the Lord is gonna send him in sin, you know, to 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 test this dude. You know what I'm saying? And that is a good point. That's the point that I've come to is does the Lord use an unholy person to speak through as his mouthpiece? I'm sure he can. He did use a donkey. Well, that is one thing with Balaam. Man. And actually with Balaam, now that you say that, and that just came, I didn't even think about it until now. Balaam was an unholy guy, if you look at it. But the Lord did speak to him and make him say the things that he said. And so Balaam was supposed to curse the nation of Israel in that story, which that's a whole other thing we can talk about another time. Um, but the Lord said, you will not speak anything but what I tell you, basically, or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so um, was Balaam a good prophet or a bad prophet? Well, we would all agree he's actually, you can look later and find out that he was killed by the people of Israel later on when, they, when the whole conqu conquest of Canaan happened. Um, one would argue that he's actually a bad prophet, but he was used by the Lord. And so I guess that was a good thing to point out, Dina, that um, we see that Saul prophesies, lays with the prophets and prophesies, um, though he is in sin during that time. So I guess, I guess if you think about it, God can use anybody that he wants to use, even if that person is in sin at the time, to accomplish his goal. So the, the question is, is did God say, hey, go lie? Yes. Here. Yes. And I, I don't think that he did. I don't think so. There's either. no proof of that in the passage. And God's so, pretty like clear about the, a lot of the things. In the the question is, is what did this guy have to gain? Mm -hmm. Why did he want him to come eat at the house so bad? That's a very good question. Yes. And it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Um, that's what I was skimming for right here. Even I was even going up to find if there was a a little bit of backstory there's not so it's, yeah. just, it's like what like what did you have to gain from this mm -hmm. was you just lonely or <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay man i haven't had anybody eating 15 years at my house yep. uh, but uh, yeah all right i don't know don't know the answers to these questions yeah but it's a difficult one i will point out one and this is what i was going to point out eventually or well originally but i ended up having dina move on um it is interesting to me that the prophet's sons are with the king and see the whole thing go down. Mm -hmm. Now, the the king did call a um, festival or something, and it's basically like a it's a knockoff of the festival of the Lord that happens in Jerusalem. Um, so maybe they just went because hey, it's free food and we're gonna have some fun. I you know I like carnival games. Maybe they're like it's the fair, um, <laughs> the medieval carnival. <laughs> we're gonna have some fun, um, but maybe not. And if you're a prophet and you really you're you're living for the Lord, you probably or well, number one, you're probably not living in Samaria. You're probably living in Judah around the actual temple. Um, so that's one thing. So that's kind of telling that he doesn't live around the Lord's people. It's also telling that his sons are at the festival of the king and see the whole thing go down and go back and tell his dad what happened. So my thing is, is he a prophet? Is he a prophet at all? Uh, because he said, I am a prophet. And then it goes this, and then it, like, it spills out to what, then what he says. And he says, and then he, but he lied. Oh, yeah. So then he goes on and he says that he lied. And I'm like... I don't know if you was actually a prophet, sir. Like, I have questions about your authenticity. <laughs> Let me see your papers. Right, because... Where's your credentials? It says right after this that you lied. Um, and just because God speaks through him doesn't necessarily make him a prophet. 
Now, you can have a gift of prophecy. But it doesn't actually say that he lied to him, though. It, yeah, it does. It Where? says right after the words that he says, the angel of the Lord, uh, the angel spoke to me through the words of the Lord or something. Oh, uh, yeah. He he says, okay. And then he yeah, lied. It, it does. So, but he lied to him. And <clears throat> so, um, yeah, because that'd be all jacked up. God said, hey, you can't eat here. And then God told another prophet, hey, you can't eat there. Tell him to come eat with but, me. But I mean, if you hadn't ate or drank, I'm not you saying know that's that not as tempting. soon as someone's like, Hey, like, just kidding. You actually can. That would be very tempting. Yeah, I've been doing. I've been doing pretty good on a diet here lately, and you bring cupcakes over to the house, and I have had like three of them. So, I just, well, the good news is the Lord did not tell you to not. So. That's true. <laughs> so I'm not going to get killed by a lion or a donkey in the road. So that's good. <laughs> There's so much stuff bringing brought up and down I-75. I think you might be safe though, okay. but just in case. So, my, but my whole thing is, is that. Just because you have can have a word from the Lord, I don't think that makes you a prophet. Right? This I think this is where like me and some of these Pentecost these independent Pentecostal churches wanna like fist fight. They call themselves on prophet like John, right? I'm like, man, just because you like prophesied one time doesn't make you a prophet. You have there, I think there's a gift of prophecy, but you don't it doesn't always make you a prophet. Yeah. Um and so not saying that so so maybe that happened i don't know i think it was all a lie i think he was not a prophet i think he lied about it all Hmm. um because that when you read that again i think that's how that lays it out i don't think he saw i think he was a bad prophet because he's not a prophet at all Hmm. locking in my answer final answer final answer final answer phone a friend um, God, can you tell but me see, I don't i don't know (laughs) that he would be a bad prophet because what about if it's like a test or something well, that was From a really Lord. bad test because he just got mauled by a lion. Well, not the old prophet, just the young guy. Yeah, right, that's true. But he didn't tell him the truth, and I don't think God would send him to the lie. I w- you wouldn't think so. No. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You and wouldn't I, think so. But, like, hey, but the old I'm prophet, just because sin. he's an old prophet, you he's, know, the only person living without sin was Jesus. Larry, but so, I mean, it's possible. Larry's not, Larry's not a prophet. <laughs> It is but interesting he, that verse 11, it, it, it's not that he's a self-proclaimed prophet. Verse 11 says, now an old prophet lived in Bethel. Maybe he was just known as. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He was Yoda. <laughs> Man, Yoda was a sinful guy. Um, I don't know. that, that Food and drink you eat at the house. <laughs> <laughs> Come back with me. <laughs> you shall. Um yeah. Maybe that's he just couldn't understand him, so he was like, "Okay, I'll go back with you." I guess I should. You speak in reverse, so maybe it's okay. Um, um, uh, so okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's move. On. I don't know. It doesn't say. We don't really know. So, what's the importance of this story? So, yeah, a couple things. Importance of this story, and, and we do have one more portion to finish. Um, but well, let's go ahead and finish it, and then let's talk the importance because there's a couple of questions that I have. But there's one more thing that I think we kind of have to point out, and then we can. We can tie it all together. Dina, would you read 25 through 34 for me? Yes. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard of it, he said, it is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. 
And he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the donkey. And the prophet looked up from the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave. And as they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay his bones, or lay my bones beside his bones, for the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. And after this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made priest for the high places again from among all the people any who would he ordained to be priests of the high places and this thing became sin to the house of jeroboam so as to cut off and to destroy it from the face of the earth so i just want to unlock my answer because this guy may be a prophet (laughs) well and so here's here's kind of what i think um and i think this kind of does help us understand just a little bit more about the prophet okay number one you asked what's the point of this passage and i think let's go ahead and say that so I believe the point of this passage is that God gave, when God gives you a command, you follow it. And it doesn't matter who comes to you unless God himself tells you otherwise, you follow the word of the Lord, period. Right now we see that, you know, it's rampant throughout our, our society that people right now are trying to change the Bible. Um, right now, by the way, in case you don't know this, they have AI. Dina, you were telling me about this. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so there's like, you know how you can go on chat GPT and all that other stuff and type in questions and, or like, Hey, make me a PowerPoint or here's a question that I have. Well, they have AI Jesus and AI disciples that you can get on there and find like that. And I don't remember where, but they're having AI rewrite the Bible. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on this. I don't remember if it was like China or something or China rewrote the Bible. I don't know. But they are giving out a false Bible in China right now. But then like somewhere else, they're also having AI rewrite the Bible so that it's real or whatever they want to say. I can't get people to read the original Bible. Huh? <laughs> so People probably read the fake with like gangbusters. Oh. Um <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So they are rewriting the scriptures. They have AI Jesus. So you can talk to AI Jesus. Um, and he is supposed to give you answers like Jesus would have back in the day. Uh, and AI Jesus with the AI apostles are making the AI Bible. Um, artificial intelligence is what AI stands for in case you're out there going, what in the world are you talking about? Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. It's funny. I was listening. So I'm in Joshua, uh, in my daily reading right now. And um, the passage I just finished reading was about AI. And I was listening to this guy talk about it. And he said, AI is kind of a symbol, so to speak, of the world and sinfulness. And so you see that at one point, um, Joshua and the people of Israel are defeated in battle by AI, by uh, quote unquote, the world, um, because of the sin that is in the camp. And so I just thought that was interesting that AI... Is kind of a play on words, but still it's, you know, um, anyway. So when we don't do what God has asked us to do, why is that usually the case? Why do we not do it? Right. 
Um, number one, a lot of times it's pride. Okay. Um, sometimes it's because we just want that cool sin thing more than we want God, who is the one who made us and sustains us and everything else. Right. Um, I don't know why, you, Dina, why you think we don't follow the Lord when he tells us to do stuff? I don't know. Kind of like what you said about the whole pride thing, but then I don't know. Kind of like laziness also at the same time, maybe. And like, you know, usually it's it's something outside of our comfort zone, you know, so that's difficult. And it's not our normal, like routine, our safety net that we're used to. Sometimes we get so caught up in a routine that it's, you know, why would I have to go do that? Why would I have to go talk to a bunch of people on campus? I don't want to go do that. I could go home, lay in my bed eat bacon and watch TV and fall asleep. Bacon <laughs> in bed. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. I don't know. It's the first thing that popped in my head. I, I say it's because most of the time, pride, right, is the root of everything. But in pride, you want to please people, mm-hmm. men, the world, right? We just talked about that in Revelation. I think it was chapter 18. Mm-hmm. You have to get out of bed with the world, right, and step outside of camp and be with Christ, right? Hebrews, uh, 12, I want to say, it says, says that as well. Hmm. Uh, no, Hebrews 13, last chapter, uh, says <clears throat> you have to go out of the of the camp and bear the reproach that Christ has bore. Stand at the foot of the cross with him and bear the shame, the shame and the reproach that he bore. Hmm. Um, uh, so you can't, you can't, this is because the, the world will fade away and crumble. That camp will fade away and crumble, but the foot of the cross and who you're standing there for will always be there. Mm-hmm. So in turn, it's man pleasing, right? So that reminds me of Galatians chapter one, um, saying, I am astonished that you are so quickly, quickly deserting him who called you in grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For I, am I now seeking the approval of man or God? So he's saying, and so why is um, in this context there, that we, you have these Galatians who are going back and forth between Judaism and Christianity, and they're trying to merge them together, and they're trying to make it that you have to follow the law or follow Christianity. Well, they're trying to make it, you can have your Christ, but you also have to follow the, the 613 laws as well. Be circumcised, do all these things, eat clean, um, all these different things. <clears throat> and Paul's like, why are you listening? Like, why are you deserting the gospel? Why are you deserting what God has told you is truth? And what has God told us is truth? If an angel from God is comes down and says something, let that angel be accursed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Paul's like, if I come and tell you, hey, man, I was just joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me be accursed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, and so why would you want to do these things? Are, is your goal to please man or to please God? Mm-hmm. Because doing this is pleasing man. And that's the mentality I think that we have to be in. Why are we doing this? It's nine times out of ten pleasing God. Or it's self-beneficial to me, which, again, is pleasing man. Um because why did the guy go eventually go eat? He was hungry, mm-hmm. right? In the King story, why? Why did he go? He was hungry, and it's hard to not go eat. Yep. 
got to go on this long journey. You right. got no food. Yeah, yeah, big thing. So it it, it is kind of tough, you know, when you think about it. Like you're talking about pleasing people. I'll tell you one that gets me. Um, and I was reminded of it today as I was driving down the road. Um, it's the uh, – this is hard for me and it's not. It's the um, um, the abortion debate. And, and for me, part of me says – I want to stand up for unborn children, and this is wrong, and there's no way that this should be a thing. And then the other part of me says, but these are women's bodies, and I'm not a woman. I'm a man, and so what right do I have to tell this you know, woman what she can do with her body? But then I'm reminded that this child is its own entity. And so at the end of the day, I believe that the Word of God tells me that I have to stand up for the unborn child, right? That I think that abortion is wrong and that I should, you know. Um, but again, it's that thing where... You know, people today are saying, hey, they want to remake the gospel in their own image. And, you know, I, I should be able to love who I want to love and it should be OK because, you know, God is love. And so if, if I'm loving somebody, regardless of what the scripture says, if God is love, then I should be able to love whom I choose. And that must be from God. And that's not the case. That's not what the scripture says. Um, and so when you when you look at at what God tells us in the scriptures, the question is not, does this fit me? The question is, how do I fit this better? Mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, I just thought that this passage was was kind of timely. Because number one, I think that you see something that as a as what I would call my I call myself a man of God, um, you know, and as the man of God sitting at, you know, at this table, um, along with, you know, Hunter's a man of God, too. That's not that. But like and it's my table <laughs> and it's your table. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like like as a man of God sitting at this table, like I think to myself, you know, in some ways, my first gut instinct when I read the story is always it's not fair. But the fair thing is not, um, oh, well, this guy should be punished too. Why, why didn't God do this or that or whatever? The issue at the heart of the whole thing is God gave this guy a command and he should have followed it. Mm -hmm. um, and so he is still held in honor. If you look at the second Kings passage, you know, his, his grave is still there to this day. It says, um, whatever. Um, but the thing they about it is over it, they grieved, they, they, yeah, they mourned and grieved over it. The old prophet mourned and grieved over it, but the guy still was, was killed for this error. And I think it's important when you think about it because all the stories in scripture are, in my opinion, also there for the person who will read it next. So it's there for us. And it's there for, it was there for the nation of Israel at the time. You know, we look at first and second Kings and we think history, the Jewish people looked at first and second Kings and they thought prophecy. Mm -hmm. This is a book of prophecy that I'm supposed to read and glean the truths out of for me to move forward with later. And so when you think about it from that perspective, this was supposed to be an example to the nation that, Hey, God's going to give you command. God has already given you commands, and you shouldn't turn back from that. That is scary, because because it bears the question, right? And you, you don't have to answer these. You can if you want to. Sure. What is God telling you to do right now that you're not that doing? you're not doing? That's a good question. And you're just like, mm. yeah, right? That's because a good question. There, there's always something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it makes you think. What am I missing? Yeah. So it's uh, and that's that's it's scary because it's like. Well, so now I don't want to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the lion. I'm not going to the zoo. Yep. You know what I... I he wasn't going to the zoo either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what I think is interesting is, is in this story, you have the lion and the donkey that stand over this man's body. The lion doesn't tear the donkey. 
but he does kill the man. And he doesn't eat him. He doesn't eat him. He's just chilling. Yep. Like, if you've ever been around a cat. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is important. And, and I mean, like, cats are all kind of the same in some ways. But, like, they toy with whatever it is that they're trying to kill. And usually they'll eat a body part that's their favorite off of it most of the time. And, like, you know, he's just chilling next to this dead dude that he killed. Yeah. Well, what what is what is Jesus called in the scripture? The line of the tribe of Judah. I was going to say, there's a lot to that question. <laughs> yeah. The line of the tribe of Judah. Where's this guy from? Judah. Where's he going back to? Judah. And he got killed by a lion. He was killed by a lion. What is standing over his body besides the lion? A donkey. What's significant about a donkey with Jesus? He rides in on one on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. So I would argue, and I don't know, this is the part that I'm still you working saying, on. You trying to pin this murder on Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> well. AI Jesus, maybe. <laughs> well, what I would say um, is I think if you look at the story, I think that the lion and the donkey are symbolic of the judgment of God and the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that what you see there is you see a simultaneous sign that our sin is serious and it does... Um, bring with it death. The wages of sin is death. And this dude sinned, period. He should not have done the thing that he did. And as a result, and as an example for all of Israel to come, the man had to die for his sin. Right. The justness is, or the the mercy is, is that he was able to be buried. um, And they mourned over him. They honored his name. And they they honored him 300 years later in 2 Kings still. Because I mean, like, back in those days, I imagine a dead body beside the road, they just kind of may have left it. Or whatever. Well, that dude was unclean. And if he was judged by God and killed by God because of his sin, a lot of times they'd probably just leave your hind end laying out there. You're absolutely right. Um, Wait for a lion to come eat it. Yeah. Well, let something happen to it. Who cares at this point? You know, you, you sin against God, you're going to lay there. Um, but I think, too, I think that, that you still see the mercy of God in the fact that he is still a prophet of the Lord. He did the Lord's work. He's honored as such. Um and God's going to have grace. And I think, too, that this is a an excellent um, kind of moment, a uh, prophetic moment, a symbol, a symbolic moment of Jesus is going to come one day. And he's going to take care of this sin thing once and for all. Um, he's going to die for it on a cross, and then he's going to be buried and raised. Um, I think there's this really amazing thing there where you see... Um, God's simultaneous judgment and mercy symbolized in one kind of fell swoop. And people forget that. You know, they want to look at one or the other. They don't want to look at both. But God is both. Um, And so at the end of the day, a couple takeaways for me, and let's do last 10%. A couple takeaways for me. Number one, there um, there is consequences for sin always. Um, even in the, the Christian's life, there is consequences for sin and, and sin will take you, you know, we talk about this in church all the time. I stole this from pastor Chris, you know, sin takes you farther than you, you wish you could go or farther than you wanted to go. Um, and will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. But luckily we have a savior in Jesus who, who died for our sins so that we could have life. Um, and so with that, um, for me, at least to the man of God who's sitting out there going, well, then I've sinned. And does that mean that I am, I'm in trouble? Well, guess what? You kind of are. It's not okay that you sinned against the Lord and didn't do the thing that he told you to do. But 
um, the Bible says that we have a, a, a great mediator between us and God. His name is Jesus. Um, he was the propitiation for our sins. And Dina, don't ask me what that word means because you've asked me that before and I've got it wrong. Um, but he was the propitia propitiation for our sins. And so if we will come and confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to put us back on the path that we're supposed to be on. And so if you're sitting out there right now and you're going, this story's not fair. No, it is. It's very fair. Um, we all deserve to die for our sins. But the thing about this story is we even see the precursor of grace um, in the donkey that stands there as well. And in this story, um, if you're out there and you're the, like the young prophet who sinned against the Lord, repent, confess your sins before the Lord and let him cleanse you. You know, to, today it may not be <clears throat> um, you get killed in the street, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't repent... There are punishments for your sins. See, Christ came and died and took the wrath of sins. Um, the only thing you have to do is believe. And for those who don't, bear the full price um, of the sin, right? You experience the full wrath of God. And that eternally means you go to hell. So uh, um, <clears throat> there are punishments for your sins um and you you have do them here as well right you rob a bank you go to jail mm -hmm. right you uh are sexually immoral you get sexual diseases and things like that on and on and on and on um so yeah just wanted to piggyback on yeah that. no you're good so that's me that's what i got um there is there is both and i think that we have to realize that god is simultaneously a just and a righteous and gracious god so dina, dina what you got I always feel like I have to go after you and you do so good at that. But, <laughs> um, you know, like the world is going to always have like these, like, I don't know if you think about it, like dangling little carrots, little treats that, you know, is going to look really good and appealing, but just because it looks good and appealing, doesn't mean that it is. It's like, um, fast food, like sure it tastes good, but if you have too much of it, it's not good in the long run. You know, you can get high blood pressure, I don't know, clog your arteries, all that kind of stuff. Could explode. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. But like, <laughs> um, you know, so you really have to think about your choices that you make. And it stinks sometimes, you know. And, you know, God gave us a, you know, this little feeling on the inside of whether it's right or wrong and Sometimes we need to be listening to that a little bit more than I think we do sometimes. You know what's always tough? <coughs> it's tough, like you said, it's tough confronting the things that you know you are doing wrong. <clears throat> and it's always hard, too, because you, you can, you can like hide it from people, and you can always uh, make it look like everything's all right. That's why it's so hard. Everybody wants to—I saw this on the interwebs. I don't even know when. But as I said, everybody wants a good pastor until they have one, because then you, you then it forces you to be a good Christian. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> because a good pastor pastors and shepherds and he um, confronts the sin in your life. Um, and it's not that they want to like just call people out just for funsies. Right. I don't think. It's literally what they're called to do. <laughs> yeah. Like they're trying to help you out. Well, it's just. It, or they it, should be trying to help you the, out. The shepherd, right, if they see the sheep going for the cliff, then we do a corrective action. And that's the point. 
I don't want you to go over a cliff head first. And then what if the head sheep goes over, let's say you're the man of the house and the head sheep goes over the, the cliff. Where's all the other sheep go? Over the cliff. Yeah, over the cliff. Yeah. So if I see the man of the house going in a spiral down the hill, uh, I'm like, and he's heading straight for the cliff. Nine times out of ten, where's their family going to go? Over the cliff with them. So it's like, to me, it's like I, as, a, as a shepherd, an under-shepherd with, with Christ, I'm like, hey, we have to do a corrective action because this could be detrimental to you and your it's family. bad. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's way too late for this. <laughs> so my last 10% for this is that God tells us to do things not just for willy-nilly, right? There's a purpose. Why did God do this? Why did God do that? We don't always need to know. But ultimately, God said it, you do it, right? That's why I wanted to name the podcast, like, just do it, right? Or whatever. I don't even remember. <laughs> That's up. kind of already copyrighted. Nike. Nike. I don't make money off this podcast. Again, <laughs> whatever. True. Um, so ultimately, it, it is, you have to listen to the word of God, right? Just like Galatians 1 says, and don't let anyone tell you different. Like, now there's a saying like, oh, okay, I misread that parable and I don't understand like I got the meaning of that parable wrong. So your pastors are correcting you that way. That's one thing. But like, Let's talk about the gospel, right? So you have, you're reading the gospel and you're like, wow, this is awesome. I understand that I did not earn it. I did not deserve it. But Christ came and died for me and he is setting his kingdom up on earth so that we can live and, be, and like, go into that. And then he's going to consummate it once he returns. <clears throat> awesome. And I'll live forever with him. Um, good. That's great. But then you have, let's say, you're watching Smiley Joel on uh TV and he's preaching a prosperity gospel and all these other things and a false gospel is presented. Don't let it happen. TVN doesn't sponsor us anyway. Ben, don't look at me like that. So it's, but I'm saying, so don't let people take those things, those truths away from what's obviously in the word of God. We can argue about theological differences, but those things are so in right, so clear, right? In the Bible that you just, can't let a false teacher twist that around um, because literally they will be accursed. So now you know what time it is? Hunter's random question. It is, and that is Hunter's random questions sound. Yeah, wait, I saw that you put it in the notes. <laughs> it's been in there is? for a long time. Oh, has it? Yeah. Oops. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, <clears throat> if... We're just going to, I'm tired, all right? So we're going to bust this out. If you had to get attacked by one animal <laughs> on a journey back from the road, what animal would it have to be? Hmm. Attacked and like... like you, just like this story, it kills you. Oh, you mean it's going to kill us? Yeah. You I, I'm like, by an I was going to choose something I could fight back against. Yeah, I was going to choose the bunny rabbit. <laughs> I don't know. Did you see Monty Python and the Holy That's Grail? That's true. It's called Fangs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, so, it, no, it has to kill you. has to kill you. Dang. A unicorn. Oh, stab. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It, at least it'd be cool. That's true. Right, um, and my chances of running into a unicorn are very low. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. Um, 
Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is such a weird question. It is such a weird question, and I've never thought about it. So, <laughs> nor should we, like, because the Bible actually says, "Don't be anxious." And oh, so now we're going to go to bed and I want to have horrible dreams of unicorns, which I'm actually reading this really interesting book called Skandar and the, I don't know, last unicorn year, thief? and the unicorn thief. Yeah. yeah. And like the unicorns that don't bond with their people end up turning into like these dead unicorns and they eat like blood and stuff. So vampires, unicorns <laughs> from the deep. So ben. I would choose a mountain lion and here's why it is cool. And I never see it coming. And I hope it would be quick. So, hmm. quicker the better. If I got to fight an animal, mountain lion. Hmm. Hopefully I'm walking along a road next to the beach. So I was gazing at the, the ocean. Hmm. And I would want a megalodon just to go bam. <laughs> so quick. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, some, it has to be something big enough to eat me whole. Mm -hmm. Right, and so like there's only a couple things on this earth that they will do that, and well, megalons don't exist anymore. So they say. I was going to say in a prehistoric shark that no longer exists. You don't know that, Ben. We've only (laughs) discovered three percent of our ocean. That's true. Okay. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that more people's been to the Titanic than the moon. But whatever. No, there's more people have been to the moon than the Titanic. See, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. All right, but moving on. So megalodon would have to come eat me because. Like, there's only two animals other than that that can eat me whole. And it's like an anaconda, and we don't want that because then that's, that's slow and painful. Terrifying, yes. And a megalodon. That's, that, that's it. Gotcha. Or a whale. I mean, a whale could do it, too. Yeah. But I don't Jonah's already done that. Let's create a new story. Mm-hmm. You didn't, that wasn't the stipulation, though. It just has to kill you. Oh, that's true. Right, yeah, it do, doesn't have to eat you. I mean, the guy was still next to the road. <laughs> well. What would be funny is if it was like, you know those little, like... The, those rainforest tree frogs, you know, <laughs> and you're just like walking along, and one hops out, and you catch it in your hand, and you're like, oh, cute, you know, and you die because it's like super <laughs> duper duper poisonous. Oh, if that was the case, then butterfly. That would stink so bad. <laughs> a butterfly. He's <laughs> like, how does know? it kill you? I don't know. And, but you'll find out. You could choke whenever you suck it down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we eating the butterfly? Well, what other? Uh, what is a butterfly going to do? It's not going to carry around a sword, and it That's, has no maybe like. Maybe it would. Like I don't know if it has teeth. Thing. It's called fangs. You know, they're very ugly. Uh, a butterfly? Yeah, yeah. The, the like the body of a you butterfly is one? so ugly. Like their wings are cute, but are you th- like confusing moths and butterflies? No, 